This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Looking deep. Has a man. Touchdown. C.D. Lamb. C.D. Lamb with three scores yesterday on ESPN for this version of the Pro Bowl. It is flag football, and this is your home of the Dallas Cowboys, in case you're new to the show and the station. Sean Sharif, R.J. Choppy, and our Cowboys insider Bobby Belt uh, as the NFC beats the AFC for a second straight year. But during this, I was waiting to see if anyone had the guts to ask C.D. about his mom's comments. I did not see Mm. any of it. Uh, so very disappointed in the uh, in the reporters out there for this event. But CD and Jameer Gibbs were apparently going back and forth. Remember, you gave the article that the Detroit Lions were the new America's team. You That's said right. That? Yeah, they were the the new America's team. Bob Costas talking about them being the new America's team as well. But yeah, that's uh, everybody's in on all in on Detroit uh, from that regard. Well, the reporters did take that to CD along with Jameer Gibbs to find out what they thought. A lot of people were saying the Lions are the new America's team. What do you have to say in response to that? I mean, they go to one playoff, have a little success, not an America's team. It's crazy, right? It's crazy. Are y'all the new America's team? Oh. CD said y'all had one playoff run. Y'all got to do more than that. <laughs> we got more playoffs wins than CD, though. Ooh, that hurts. I'm not going to lie, that hurt. So there's a little trash yeah, talk. Yeah, I mean, like, it, it is. They, it's, they're, they're both right. Like, you've got one playoff run. You can't do that. And then, like, the Detroit can say, well, at least we have a playoff run. <laughs> right. Yes. Uh, so there's the Lions being loved by everybody. You don't get to that. That's not a name that can just be like passed around. That's not who is America's most America's team is Dallas's nickname. You don't get. I don't care like I said, what the happens. The Lions are America's crush. Sweetheart. Yeah, yeah, they're, crush. yeah fine. America's mistress. That's fine. Uh, <laughs> America's wife is the Dallas Cowboys. That, that's what they are. They are America's team. And I'm sorry that that upsets people. I'm sorry that they hate the nickname. That was the nickname given to them by NFL Films 40 plus years ago. That is their nickname. Deal with it, all of you sensitive cowboy haters. Who I, I'm not even saying that the Cowboys would deserve that name if it was given to them today, but the point is that is their nickname. And Choppy, uh, you don't think we have to worry immediately about a new ownership group in DC who hired Dan Quinn? I do not. I do not. All is still right in the NFC because according to Ben Johnson, the reason I should say reported according to reports. Um, it's according the, to Ben Johnson, which is according to Ben Johnson. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think he was the source. Uh, the reason that he did not take the job is he was turned off, quote, turned off by commander's ownership saying, quote, they're basketball guys Ooh. and felt they were a little too confident in their football opinions. 
Um, now that's from Jenna Lane. She tweeted that this is, and she's a really good. She's a, she's a good Buccaneers, reporter. Buccaneers reporter. Very, very good. She's with the one the who ESPN. asked Todd Bowles about playing uh, outside. Not the one that asked Todd Bowles about playing outside. That was probably some uh, somebody who's like a, you know, crime reporter who gets thrust in because it's playoff week. Um, now she also said that she heard that he didn't quote interview very well, which I find to be tough to take because why else would they be on a plane to go see him? If he didn't interview well. No. Well, did well, they already interview him? They had interviewed him via Zoom, I think, prior to that. And then, then they were heading on the way to interview him. Okay. Yeah. So you I, don't really know until you interview him. Right. But how, how do you know that he didn't interview well? Because, I mean, you interviewed him over Zoom. Like, you did get a sense of how he handled himself right. there. Look, but if look, you think if he interviewed poorly, why would you give him a second interview? Right? right you know what I yeah. mean? Um, I, I mean, if you... Everyone's if, leaking here. If, if Everyone's you, leaking. If you really like believe... Yeah, if you really believe in, they, they they had pretty much felt like had their mindset on Ben Johnson's our head coach before they went through the interview process. So, I, I don't think a single interview that didn't go well would have them going. Right. Okay, let's totally discount this. Kellen Moore used to get that when Kellen Moore was a hot coaching candidate. A lot of people felt like he wasn't getting jobs because they said he interviewed poorly. And it's just I, I think it's a personality thing. Personality can go a long way. Dan Quinn always interviews really great, as Nick Eatman told you guys on Friday. He's Super likable, and he's dynamic, and you talk to him and go, wow, this guy could lead our organization. Yeah. It's, it's not necessarily the, the best barometer, but it does, I, I mean, impact probably the way yeah. teams make their decisions. When I become president, I'm going to ban the interview. I think mm. interviews are terrible. They're very, very bad. Nothing. You get charmed. You get coerced by a con man. You can't get, you can't get charmed by a con man if you don't interview him. If you just go by resume... You don't have to worry about the interview. So and just you, go by the resume. Yeah, you just go by the experience, the resume, like word of mouth. The interview people, I don't know. Like, don't meet them. Don't see them. Don't because like you can get you can interact. get a you can get a an undue positive vibe from somebody or an undue negative vibe from somebody. Yeah, and you could miss out on somebody. Yeah. Well, yeah. Shut up, Bobby. Ban the interview. <laughs> uh, so what do you make of this this back and forth? I, I mean, this is both sides trying to kind of save face and and leak their their perspective. I still think that, man, that, that's that's a bad look from Ben Johnson that they're on the airplane and you're telling him I don't want the job. Turn back around. That's look. a bad look right there, and and that's going to be something that's tough to explain away. I do think that the the likeliest outcome here, and and I'm not saying it's a guarantee, but the likeliest outcome is that Ben Johnson won't be a very good head coach. Because that's just the the nature of yeah. the hotshot coordinator usually does not work out, and so who's his system? Who's his like pro mentor? Uh, it's 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 very similar to sort of like West Coast concepts and oh. things like that. But I mean, he he like we mentioned earlier, he ran in second and long passing situations more than anybody else in the NFL. It's not like the most modern aggressive type of scheme. Look, I hope that Ben Johnson is right here and Josh Harris is not cool and. Kind of like Dan Snyder, I'm not going to believe that side of it. Like, I haven't heard these bad things about Josh Harris. He seems to be a very likable dude. Um, you know, there's no way he can be as bad as Snyder. It's just not. The Washington franchise will definitely have more success. I don't think that's a hot take. It will not be as bad. So this story doesn't give me great hope that it will still be miserable, but I'm hoping Ben Johnson's side is correct. But I'm starting to get some bad Ben Johnson vibes. But, I mean, you remember also, too, like, who was brought in when, when they bring in Bob Myers? to help with the hiring yeah. process from the Warriors and stuff like that. That's probably a bad 
gauge from Ben Johnson's side of like, these are basketball guys. Well, yeah, Bob Myers is literally a basketball guy who was brought in as just part of like a coaching search. Who's like, they're, they're talking about makeup and leadership. Yeah. That's what he's brought in to evaluate. So you can't say like, well, but, Bob as Michael Myers- but as Michael Lombardi said, who's in charge here? You walk in and they got like four or five people already. They got Josh Harris. Mm-hmm. They got the new general manager, Peters. Uh, you got the new head coach. You got Bob Myers over here. Like, you know, yeah. it's like, okay, who's in charge? Of the too many cooks in the kitchen. I mean, Lombardi people, brought that up as a possible concern. People felt like that with San Francisco, like when he first got in there, because they had Peters and Lynch and Shanahan and everybody that they had over there, and it didn't impact that. I think that's just convenient criticism to steal a uh, Mike McCarthy line. I, I think that's one that's just it's easy to fall back on as just an excuse to say, well, this is, this is a, a, an issue that they're running into here. But that's like saying who's the head coach here, Mike or Jerry? I do think that. In terms of that, that that would I could see cause some tension there, though. In terms of just Ben Johnson feeling like, hey, this is off-putting. I don't want to be interviewed by this panel of people. Some of these guys aren't even football individuals, especially if he does have sort of a classical old-school approach. Ben Johnson was brought into the NFL by Tony Sperano, who Tony Sperano was a Parcells guy. Mm. Like, like there is probably a certain, and, and we think about Dan Campbell coming in here Sean and Payton. yeah, that that line of thinking is very old school, very rough, tough guy foot. So I could definitely see somebody Ben Johnson coming from that train going, "Why am I talking to a basketball executive?" Of course, they did not yeah. get uh, Bill Belichick, the athletic, with three main reasons that Belichick did not get a job. One, the mishandling of the quarterback room in New England over the last few years was a red flag. Two. Belichick wanted that full control football operations that made it hard to move forward. Three, there is and was a growing concern that Belichick cannot relate to players in the modern era, and Choppy has number four. Uh, Number four is the Boston Globe. (laughs) Newspaper. He said goodbye, and the way he said goodbye to the Patriots tells me everything I need to know with how out of touch to the modern-day player he is, (laughs) and it has rendered him damn near unhirable. He said goodbye to the New England Patriot fans in a newspaper. He took out an ad in the Boston Globe to say goodbye and to thank the Patriot fans. And this is the worst thing he could have done. He'd have been better off having the Patriots posted on their official Twitter account, for crying out loud, (laughs) as opposed to a newspaper that nobody sees anymore, probably behind a paywall. You know, I would love to see what Mac Engel wrote about the World Cup yesterday. Can't do it. (laughs) Not paying a dollar for it. All right? Tell me you're out of touch. And too old to coach without telling me. It's how you say goodbye. And he said goodbye in a newspaper. <laughs> Didn't Brady, doesn't everyone take out the back page? Right. Oh, I, I guess from a cost perspective, it's probably, what, $12? <laughs> take out the back page of the newspaper at this point. That's, uh, uh, look, look, I mean, the Boston Globe, that's a still a regionally significant sure. paper and everything. I, I get it. I get the... What about the Hartford Current? Could I take it out on that? Doesn't it, doesn't it have more power behind it, though, when you say, like, took out a full-page newspaper yeah. ad? Then we say, look, he had the Patriots tweet this. Like, I mean, there's power. There's money invested. There's uh, he wants to to greet you on your doorstep, like him sneaking off yep. from a ring doorbell camera. Uh, that's what Bill Belichick wants to do. He, he wants to land on your doorstep and, and say goodbye to you. Meanwhile, Choppy, you're going to defend a hire that Chicoline, uh would have been disgusted over. I will. I'm not going to. I don't I don't know. I know nothing about this guy. I'm not going to defend him. Yeah. I'm going to defend the process. The Raiders are going to hire Bobby's boy. Not my boy. Luke Getze. Now, I think it's a massive mistake, but I'm going to defend their situation here. Now, 
He was in charge of the vaunted Chicago Bears offense last year. Terrible offense. One which, of the worst. Which coaching tree does he come from, by the way? He comes from the Kyle Shanahan coaching tree. Matt LaFleur, right? No, no. He comes from the Mike McCarthy coaching tree. Well, he was with he was with Green Bay with LaFleur. That's with what, McCarthy and held over. Okay, fine. Fine. But anyway, they're not hiring Luke Getze. They're hiring Kyle Shanahan's offense. Matt LaFleur's offense. That right? That's what they're hiring. They're not hiring Luke Getze. Now, I think smart teams hire systems and not people. Um, we got an election this year. I some people were voting for individual people. Some people just vote for the the platform. You know, the the that's they're, they're voting. That's what you're voting for. You're not necessarily voting for two 80 year old men. You're voting for a platform. And it may be a bad example of one of them, but he worked under Lafleur in Green Bay. They're hiring a system. I think it's the wrong guy to do it. I don't think Luke Getzey's very good. But if you're telling me that we're not hiring Luke Getzey, we're hiring Kyle Shanahan's offense or Matt LaFleur's offense, I'd get behind that as a team. Well, speaking of the system, I, I had a Tolo say, I haven't seen the numbers or done the research. Could be an awesome RJ Choppy research project. Um, three hours on a plane today. Exactly. Uh, how, it, was, it was basically complimenting Mike Zimmer's defenses against the Shanahan-type offense. Sure, and it's like, oh, uh, that that has way more success than the Dan Quinn defense because that's our biggest fear right now, right? That's our kryptonite: mm-hmm. the Lafleur, the motion, the Shanahan, the McDaniel, all these different things. And this Tolo at least was saying Mike Zimmer's defenses stack up better against that, but we'll have to do a little more digging. Hey, go go check out my uh, go check out my Twitter at Bobby Veltzx. I retweeted a bunch of videos today. If people had like tweeted. Like, different football individuals have tweeted videos over the years of, like, Zimmer's scheme and some of the stuff. Like, check it out. You'll see, like, you can see in a video how elaborate some of the stuff Zimmer does is and how it would combat that. Whose article did you want to read about the World Cup behind the paywall? Who did you want? Oh, Mac Angles. Oh, paywall. Paywall. So we're just going to get Mac on next. We'll talk about the World Cup disappointment yesterday for Jerry Jones and DFW, the Mac attack, and how the Longhorns took horns down and shoved it right up the morning show's rear end. The Mac attack, our good buddy from the Fort Worth Star-Telegram, joins us next. Hey, everyone. Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us, and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. The World Cup final is not coming to the Metroplex. We're getting the semifinals. We are getting nine games. Jerry says we need to say it slowly to let it sink in. Nine games. But the final is going to New York and New Jersey. And I saw Mac Engel there covering it yesterday for the Fort Worth Star-Telegram. And our good buddy, the Mac Attack, is joining us on Sean and RJ via the DNM Leasing 
Hotline. Good morning, sir. How are you? I'm great. Thank you very much for having me on. It's nice to be back in the treehouse for 10 minutes. <laughs> Good to hear your voices. How are you guys? Well, 15 of your entertaining. Uh, 15. <laughs> right. Reflectable. <laughs> yeah. uh, was that a big letdown yesterday? Like, did you yes. get fooled like we all did? What was that like? Set the scene. Uh, so they had, um, obviously, and I, I think you were, I was following you on Twitter. Uh, so you were watching the announcement show, which was a total disaster, disaster from Miami, right? They had Kevin Hart rather than Cat Williams along with the host, <laughs> and they're doing all this <laughs> other stuff. And then, so then they had a press conference at AT&T Stadium in the club area, and all of the, I guess the leadership were in a different room watching it, separate from the reporters who were watching it on the uh, televisions there. So then they they made the announcement that the winner that the final was going to be New Jersey, and you could you could just, the air went out of the room because all of us bought it. And then they brought in the sports dignitaries: Marty Turco, Dirk Nowitzki, Emmett Smith. Uh, and then a player from FC Dallas. I'm, I'm sorry, I'm, 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 his name escapes me right now. But they brought him, out, and you could just That's feel it. it in the room because we we all believed it. We all believed the reports that had been coming out for the better part of I don't know 18 months that Arlington was going to get the final. We all believed it, and Jerry believed it. Then they brought him out along with Monica Paul uh, and and the uh, mayors of Frisco. And uh, and Dallas and, and and Arlington, all that we all believed it. So to sit there and say that there was a, a giant letdown would be an accurate. There was because all of us believed those reports that we were going to get the final and we didn't. Why do you think it happened that way? Why do you think it went to New York and Jersey? Because it's New York, and, and Jerry Jones said it afterwards. He he, you know, there was a scrum of reporters uh, after the press conference, and he said, "I just think the perception that." of New York through in Los Angeles too, was too great for FIFA to, to overlook. And I know, you know, a lot of us and RJ and I are texting back and forth about public transportation. I don't think public transportation had anything to do with it. I think it's a convenient excuse. I mean, Los Angeles got matches. There's no public transportation out to SoFi stadium. You got to take a bus. Mm. And if we want to, and I think when people have an idea of public transportation, it's a train, yeah. it's an L it's a subway. And, most cities in the United States don't have that. We, we just a few do, but most of us don't. Most in Europe do, but we don't. And certainly, New York City has a phenomenal train system. But you know, he and RJ was just sending me these messages. I, as far as I know, MetLife Met out in the Meadowlands, you got to take a bus. That's their idea of public transportation. And I think most people will tell you, yeah, bus sucks. Yeah, like that's not public transportation. Don't be on a train, <laughs> and getting out to the Meadowlands is just as hard, if not harder, than it is to get from downtown Dallas to AT and T Stadium. This is about New York. I love, I love where we live. I love our city. I love our town. I think it's our venues fantastic, but we ain't New York. And if you're FIFA, I get it. The fact that we got nine matches in the semifinal is a massive win. Jerry's right. We got nine Super Bowls coming here, and that's a big, big deal. Would it have been nice to get the final. Yeah. But we got nine, and that deserves to be celebrated. Mac Angle joins us here, 105 through the fan. All right, so like the West Coast, like SoFi is going to get two of the U.S. matches. Uh, Mexico will play all their matches in Mexico in, the, in, in group stage, and Canada and Canada. Uh, do we know who we're getting here? Like, is there going to be a team that might hub out of here? 
No, and that had, I'm glad you asked that. Dan Hunt from uh, FC Dallas talked about that. There are some particulars left with this that have yet to be determined in terms of who's going to be the hub here. We might, the officials could be stationed here. The broadcast center, that's the big one. That's the one you really want. The broadcast center could be anchored out of uh, DFW. And one of the attractions that, that we have is that we're centrally located. And it's, it's one of the draws of living here. You can get, be on a plane and be anywhere in two and a half, three hours. And uh, so those those parts and details to all of this haven't been determined. I don't think it's going to really have much of an impact on the fan experience per se, but in terms of economic impact and just, you know, stature and something to brag about, about having hosting the tournament here in the United States, I would be surprised just given the, uh, the, the, the hotel space, the centrality of DFW, I'd be surprised if we don't get some of that stuff, but it hasn't been determined yet. Talk with Mac Angle from the Fort Worth Star-Telegram. Mac, is this part of a larger DFW problem, though, that needs to be fixed in terms of not securing the final? And then you look at the fact that people are like, why is it that other cities are getting multiple Super Bowls before Dallas gets another one? Why is it that the 2012 Olympic bid failed and the, you know, the image problems that existed from that? Is this just another loss that 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 should wake up the Metroplexes to like, hey, you've got some things here that if you want to host these sorts of events, you, you, you've got to respond in the right sort of in, – in the right – kind of way i think there's separate questions um yeah i you know i think it's like any any major metro area in the united states and i've traveled a lot and our problems really aren't that much different than most we got too big we got way big ahead of our infrastructure uh that that could support and bobby you lived here we got to drive everywhere and traffic is getting just as bad here as it is anywhere else without we have some train systems in terms of talking about public, public transportation. But the fact, I mean, look, I like living here, but we don't have the ocean next to us, right? We do <laughs> we not. We, we do not. That's true. Yeah, we haven't, we haven't figured out a way to annex, you know, North Carolina's beaches yet. Maybe that's on the docket. We got but White Rock I, Lake, the though. Fact that, uh, the Super Bowl thing, you know, for the longest time, Jerry did not want to give up a home game in the international series. And that was a problem with the NFL. They're like, okay, we're not going to give you a Super Bowl until you give us a home, until you give us the Cowboys in London or in Germany. Well, it sounds like that's taken off the table. Well, Bobby, when we did host the Super Bowl, it was a disaster. It was the worst one. And it wasn't anybody's fault per se. Now that this, the, the ticket seating thing was our fault, but the weather, well, who could have possibly seen that coming? I, now I do think people have forgot. It's kind of like having a second kid. You have to, forget how hard the first one is before you say, oh, let's have another one. So I think for the Super Bowl, they can sit there and say, well, okay, we forgot what a disaster that was. So we're going to get another one eventually, probably I would imagine in 29 or 30. But, you know, we not, we're not going to be a part of the rotation. And that is what I think Jerry envisioned is that we were going to be part of the rotation along with Miami and Phoenix and New Orleans. Well, we're not because Los Angeles and Vegas now have facilities and I'm sorry, those cities are better tourist draws than we are. And there, and there is the root of the problem. We're not really necessarily a tourist mecca the way some of those other areas are. And we probably never will be. You know, I know Mark Cuban has talked about being competitive with gaming and gambling, whatever that passes. And that'll pass once Dan Patrick leaves office as lieutenant governor. But, in, but even then, you know, those cities are going to have that, too. So I think we're doing the best we can with what we have. And in terms of public transportation, that's a that's a 20 year commitment. And there is no sign that this area is ready to make that kind of commitment yet. 
Uh, Mac, I want to know about the field. They're going to bring in grass, which, I mean, they never do. Well, here. they love the MetLife field. All, love, the, all the Giants and Jets love that. They know, well, they're going to bring in grass for that one, too. So all these teams got to bring in grass. Does that mean we're going to have 110-degree roof open games? Are they going to keep it closed? What? Oh, no, did, the, did that I, play I, into it, what? by the way? Did the, did, the, I, did the dome play into it? You know, they haven't addressed that, and Jerry was asked about that yesterday. They haven't addressed the roof thing. There's no way. <laughs> I mean, RJ, do you think there's any way in July they're going to open that roof? I can't imagine. <laughs> Neither can I. Now, maybe maybe they open it for the sunlight benefit in the morning, uh, in the evening. Maybe, I guess. Curtains. But they're going to bring in grass. They have to widen the field. Now, they're not going to have to go into the actual structure and go into the cement or anything like that. But they're going to have to widen the field somewhat for FIFA regulations. And you know, the bottom line is this. They'll do it as long as it financially benefits them. But the minute it's over, it'll go into the, some recycling bin someplace, and they will roll out the plastic sport turf. And, and they're going to do that until the NFLPA and the league collectively bargains that they need to put in real grass rather than sport turf. And I know sport turf is, is better than, um, you know, carpet, the old school AstroTurf. We all know that. Anybody who has any memory from those games played in the 80s and 90s at Texas Stadium knows with how horrible those things were. But God-made grass is better than man-made synthetic turf. And that's why FIFA is going to insist that every venue in this tournament is played on uh, the real thing, and it will be at AT&T Stadium. Mac Attack, Mac Angle, covering everything for the Fort Worth Star-Telegram here on Sean, RJ, and Bobby. Uh, and you also are covering the Cowboys. McCarthy offseason, he's coming back. Uh, Dan Quinn leaving, taking Joe Witt with him. Uh, Mike Zimmer interviews. Give us give us your Cowboys capsule of the offseason and where things stand. Um, run it back, boys. You know, are you excited <laughs> about Talking about another 12 and 5 season. You know, and I mean this sincerely because I do it a little bit, not to the way you guys do it. I I mean, it's going to happen again, right? We can see what's coming. Yes. It, it, and it's not – here's the problem. It's not bad. That, that's the thing that breaks my heart. It's not really bad. You know what I mean? It's not like the Bengals for 20 years yeah. or the Lions for 30 years. It's not bad. They're going to be good. They're going to be – they're going to give you relevant content for 18 weeks yeah. next season. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're going to be good. Dak Prescott's a really good quarterback. They're going to put up big numbers. We're going to fall for it again. Mm-hmm. That's the killer. And I'm sure you've talked about this before. They can bring in, bring in Mike Zimmer. Sure, great. But if you don't get run stoppers, uh, if you don't get another lineman in the middle, and if you don't get a, a linebacker or two, we're going to be talking about the same problems. Yeah. I mean, did the, were the Cowboys, when we see the, the final four teams that made it, were the Cowboys better? Than, really, were the Cowboys better now, we, if you just throw out the Green Bay game as a bad day at the office, like Mike McCarthy said, were the Cowboys better than Kansas City? No. Were they better than Detroit? No. Were they better than San Francisco? No. They were probably about the seventh or eighth best team, and that's where they finished again. And I don't see how they're going to close that. I hope, God, I hope I'm wrong. I really, really hope I'm wrong. Selfishly, I hope I'm wrong. But, guys, from what you've seen in and, and, and the last few years, do you see them being able to find five difference makers in this offseason to close that gap and make the jump from the seventh best team to the third or second or first best team. Well, we're going all in. We know disruption. I know disruption very well. We're going all in this time, Mac. Mm-hmm. That's right. We're not comfortable, fellas. We are not comfortable this time. <laughs> it's all in. Because in the, the last 30 years, we haven't been all in. But yeah. now we are. <laughs> were, you in, uh, were you in Fort Worth for Horns Down? 
Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, I was terribly offended. Yes, yes, I was. <laughs> I was very hurt. Uh, I was in Fort Worth. I love college basketball. I think RJ and I are two of the people who still love college basketball. <laughs> the yeah, last two, man. I was there for horns down, and uh, I, I'll be lying. I was kind of bummed because, obviously, that's the last time Texas will come to Fort Worth as a, as a Big 12 member. I don't know when. You know, who knows what college, iteration college sports will go through. Yeah, but yeah, I was there for horns down, and really hurts my feelings when I see people flash horns down. Sean, I, I, I can't get over that. <laughs> Thank you, brother. We appreciate it. Any Vegas advice? Uh, you, you always have the spots to hit. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh God. Vegas. Yeah, actually, um, who likes French onion soup? I do. Anybody? I, I love that. Really? Overrated. Yeah, I know. You're a foodie. So uh, the hotel. Are you guys going to Vegas for the yep. Super Bowl? Yeah. Yep. Oh, that's great. So go to uh, No, Paris. I'm just asking for Vegas for the hell of it so we can look <laughs> online, you know. Okay, yeah. Well, I never know these days. Cutbacks, you never know. Yeah. So uh, the, uh, not the morning news. At Paris, but I'm telling you, the very best pool scene that you have ever seen is at the Cosmopolitan because that's where all the local strippers come and hang out. <laughs> and, and I'm not kidding. And you'll get there, and you're like, oh, my God, who are these women? So if you get a chance, the pool scene at the Cosmo is your scene. Sean, Sean don't tell your wife that you're Why, going Thanks for saying this uh, right now over 100,000 watts. Jackass. Hidden pizza at, at Cosmo. Uh, RJ, that's totally your scene. It's New York style pizza. Uh, hidden pizza at the Cosmo. You'll love it. Oh, gosh. I was thinking, you give me the strippers. Hey, are you supposed to talk about French onion soup? <laughs> French onion soup. And you give Choppy the, 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 the pizza. Yeah, the pizza I can't eat anymore. That's right. Thank you, brother. What? Why? <laughs> Man, if I have pizza the next day, you don't want to be oh. my toilet. That's all I'm going to say. Uh, okay, you have to do that segment on that one with audio this time. The most beautiful <laughs> hair in the Metroplex, yeah. the Mac Attack, Mac Angle, DNM Leasing Hotline. Have the Cowboys finally embraced the RJ Choppy method at running back. Below the belt is back right here on the fan. The great Bobby Belt. You ruined the morning show. Don't make me take off my belt. Don't make me no, take no, off my belt. We're not. What if Cliff Kingsbury's hire in Washington is not about Caleb Williams, but it's about Marvin Harrison Jr.? Oh. More on that in just a second. First, Below the Belt is brought to you by Johnson Fitness and Wellness, home fitness equipment stores. So I was looking at the Cliff Kingsbury hire. And I, I think it's natural for everybody to tie the tie, like make the connection of okay, this is this is about Caleb Williams. Like they they want to try and have an opportunity, or maybe they think they know something about Chicago, and you want to bring in the mind to help foster that. Well, here's the interesting thing about Cliff Kingsbury is that I know just from talking to people well. around the league, <laughs> uh, Cliff Kingsbury is a massive fan of Michael Penix. Oh, he thinks really highly of Michael Penix. Washington is picking at the top of the second round. Like, I I think they're the fourth pick in the second round. So, like, pick 36 or something like that. What if this isn't about trying to get Caleb Williams fostered and feel like we're putting Caleb Williams in the best positions to succeed, but it's about getting weapons and putting in place the best possible system for Michael Penix? Well, do you hire a coordinator for possibilities? I think you hire a coordinator. I I think if you're hiring, I think there's a much better – chance that you feel like you are going to know what's like, like that Michael Penix will be available to you at the beginning of the second round than guessing what Chicago's going to do guessing that Chicago might trade out let somebody get Caleb Williams guessing that they'll take Drake May whatever else but which is the scarier proposition to you if I say they're getting Caleb Williams at the second pick 
Let's say Chicago right. takes Drake May or they trade out or they do something else. I say Washington gets Drake May or they go for a, you know, they, they go get another North Carolina quarterback there in Washington to replace their current North Carolina quarterback. Or if I say Washington is taking Marvin Harrison Jr., potentially the best, like, just overall player in the draft, yeah. and then they're taking Michael Penix that, to throw the football to him that, with Cliff Kingsbury calling plays. That. I, I mean, think that's pretty terrifying. It's pretty terrifying. I, I mean, I like Penix. I do, too. I like Penix a lot. I think Drake May is going to be a good player, too. Um, I like Penix a little bit more. Um, Even after he skipped the senior bowl? That, that, that threw me for a loop. I could not get down with that. I, I'd much rather you skip your bowl game than the senior bowl. That is a job interview in front of every scout, general manager, head coach. I mean, they're all there. You get an audience. You get a built-in audience with all those guys. Now, he was there anyway, right? He just didn't play in the game. Yeah. Yep. So, okay, so at least that, at least he didn't skip everything that was there. Um, but, wow. you know, like Spencer Rattler won the MVP of that game. That, 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 that's he probably boosted himself a little bit. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's your Jets scouts favorite quarterback in the history of football, right? That's right. Uh, your 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 guy <laughs> First Danny, round Dan mock. Kelly or whatever. Yeah, that's his. Uh, the, the 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 fake the, name. Nobody's name is the, Dan the Kelly. The praised Jets scout who says Spencer Rattler is going to be Joe Montana or whatever his he's, like hot take. He's got reviews. Spencer as his top quarterback on the board. Do these do these people care that if Michael Penix skipped a game? Um. I don't know if they care that they skip. Like, like it's it's one of those things where I don't think they care as much when somebody sits out. I think they care when somebody perform. Like, if that makes sense. Like, I think it's just it's a boost if you play. They, like Baker Mayfield boosted himself a couple years ago when he played, not because of how he played, but people did say, "Hey, you had nothing to gain by this, and you still came out here and competed, and we respect that." And so scouts liked that. They felt like, oh, this is competitive fire and things like that. Whereas if somebody sits out, they go, eh, we don't necessarily judge for it. Maybe you're banged up. Michael Penix, a guy who's got a, a lengthy medical history. Yes, very lengthy. Maybe they just feel like, okay, he, you know, he felt like it, he also played in through the national title game. Feels like I put enough stuff on tape. Yep. I don't want to wear myself out. There, there are a lot of different things on here that they could probably justify. But I do think playing would have been a boost for him. So I don't think he loses anything by not playing. But I think people I think people would have been like, oh, okay, he's got some competitive toughness here because he didn't need this and he still played. Basic said Penix went to the Senior Bowl three years ago. He did. <laughs> I kind of did. I mean, he's, he's 25 years old almost. Yeah, uh, I mean, he's about to go into senior living, not just the senior bowl. Yeah. So him I, and my dad will be living next to each other. Oh, <laughs> exactly. Gosh. No, but I do. I, Washington is the team now. If you ask me, I know every year everybody's always like, oh, my gosh, Philadelphia, Howie did it again, even though we're finding that over time, Howie's brilliant takes aren't that great. Like, uh, they, they, they don't play out that amazing over time. Philadelphia's trying to get rid of Jordan Davis, who they think is a bust now. Yeah. And they're like, oh, you've got old Jalen Carter hitting the rookie wall, and this didn't work out, and that didn't work out. So so the Howie Roseman genius label that sticks every draft weekend yep. is not, you know, passing the test of time in a lot of instances. But I will say that Washington is the team that concerns me in the NFC East this year in terms of draft weekend. Because they've got high capital at the top. They do have a tested front office group now that has been through the ringer and has done draft weekends and had a lot of success. Yeah, I they, worry draft, about talent uh, valuation. they draft uh, Steph and Draymond and Clay. Right. Yeah. yeah Very I mean, successful. Yeah, they, 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 they do really well. I mean, look, they, they grab those guys. That, that's impressive. They got Kaminga late. Yeah, you know, they did. They, they've done a good job. Wiseman. But the, the 49ers have had a strong track record of drafting, and these guys in that front office now have been a part of that. Dan Quinn, we all know that he's got a history of getting the most out of, like, guys that he puts on his defense. So whoever they throw at him, whoever he helps 
contribute, work with, and, and pick players. And by the way, Dan Quinn is not going to be behind at all. Dan Quinn is a guy who has worked with the scouting staff in Dallas for several years, more than most coaches tend to. So he's got a good awareness. He gets his hands dirty. He gets puts in that work, and he has an understanding of it. And so I am concerned about what Washington could build pretty quickly. Like, I think they have I, – I, I like what they're putting together there. You know, I think it's easy to laugh at – Washington over the years or laugh at this higher or that higher that people make in the NFC East. But, but did I, you have the same feeling or fear what the Giants did when they went and got Shane from Buffalo and Dayball? Try not to use last year Dayball. Um, this new group coming in, learning from Buffalo, so youth I, movement. I, I did I, I did like what they were putting in place there, but their their moves after that were concerning. And like I said, this doesn't necessarily equal up to there's going to be success here. I like the initial moves they made. I feel like I understand the thought process coming into the front office for Washington more so than what walked into the Giants. Like, there's still the the heavy Mara influence there. And, and there's a lot of the old head thought. And they were still trying to do things like pay Saquon Barkley. And so there, there were some things there that gave me reservations. But I did, yeah, absolutely. I did think that they, they were building something good. And that's something that has turned out. That doesn't look as positive as it once did. But either way, I, I think that that's I, I think Washington's putting the right parameters into place and they're getting guys like Joe Witt, who is familiar with Dan Quinn, can help communicate those things. Quinn is the perfect like rah, rah leadership type oh, yeah. of head coach to get those guys to rally. I, I, I think Washington's going to be in a good position moving forward. Speaking of paying running backs, that's something that apparently the Cowboys are no longer going to do, oh, RJ Choppy. Yes, sir. Michael Gelkin wrote about this at the Dallas Morning News recently, and I think we've all we were all kind of perplexed at the idea of working out a long-term deal with Tony Pollard, which is something they said they were trying to do last year when they franchise tagged him. It didn't work out. He ultimately just paid played on that $10 million. But Michael Gelkin writes that Deuce Vaughn, Malik Davis, Snoop Connor, and fullback Hunter Lipke are the only Cowboys running backs under contract in 2024. Vaughn and Lipke combined to rush for 59 yards last year. That's Ooh. okay. They combined to make $0. It's like That's an entire fine. playoff game That's from Z. Right. <laughs> Connor and Davis have not touched a football at a game since the August preseason. To most, the group may not look like much. From the Cowboys' vantage, it's beautiful. You hear that, Chop? It's beautiful because their financial reset at the position is almost complete. Gelgen it only writes, took a decade. He says any study into why the Cowboys failed to make the Super Bowl run upon reaching the playoffs the past three seasons can and should cover several bases. One not to be skipped is how little the franchise has returned on aggressive investments at the running back position, the ramifications of which have hamstrung the team. And he mentions there, he says that Dallas could be amenable for a reunion with Tony Pollard under the right circumstances. It has to be the right price. Rico Dowdle is under out of contract. Dowdle would have to be the right price. Says this is clearly a new day for the future of the running back position, one in which, at least for the next few years, high price contracts are reserved for other positions on the roster. So Michael Gelkin does not write these things just as like, hey, here's my opinion piece. Yeah. Michael's writing things based off of a position of knowledge, which means the thinking in the Cowboys front office and their personnel department is right now, chop, they're not going to pay running backs anymore. Right, at least good. not for the, the, the near future. So good, what, good, good. what is a Pollard price? Uh, the price is how much of a plane ticket out of here. <laughs> That's the price. If they bring Tony Pollard back, they've got that. Bringing him back at any price, at any price, is as bad as paying him. He can't run. He can't play. He KP. But he can uh, run outside. He can be your 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 secondary back outside. I'm, Draft somebody in the third or fourth round and go. How much is too much for him though? Like if you say if they say hey we brought him back on a three year what million dollar deal are you literally no bit what are you literally okay with? I mean. 
Three years. I'd have to look at the the number. Like, like David Montgomery got six, uh, three for 18, I think. So what if it's three for 12? He's making four uh, million fine, a year. Fine. You're okay with that? Yeah, I'm fine with that. Because I think that may, that may very well be his market after the way he played last year. Are we writing that off to injury? Injury recovery? I mean, we wrote it off to – there are people still trying to write that off to Michael Gallup. Gallup. And, and, I mean, I think that it's tough that you – that that was compounded by the fact that Terrence Steele was also coming off of injury and he was so important to your running game. Like, I think both of those things can be true. Now, does Tony Pollard look as explosive as he did in the past? No, he does no. not. He he definitely looked like he didn't have that same sort of burst. But I, I do think that if you're telling me he can come back for $4 million a year or if he wants more than that, if you can bring Dowdle back on a couple million and you go draft somebody, they are 100%, I think, they are 100% in the top four rounds picking a running back. I, I would hope it's not the first or the second. I would hope it's more like the third or fourth round. That's where depth mm. usually is. That's yep. where you can get some quality guys. But, I mean, I know that they are already kind of hunting running backs in the draft, and they're kind of assessing things. Running Good. back is one of those positions like linebacker where it feels like they're always trying to just reset things a little bit, and they're always trying to have just, hey, let's bring somebody else new in here to just add for depth. Let's draft, draft Deuce Vaughn. Let's get safety. Malik Davis. They do it as safety? Yeah. Running yeah. back. Trendwork.com. How the F can Tony Pollard say he can't run, but he still had a 1,000-yard season? STFU. It's like 58 yards a game. A 1,000-yard season means nothing anymore. There's 17 games. Yeah. I mean, that's that's like not even close to – 58 to 65 yards a game is a 1,000-yard running back. If you watched – we already took Emmitt Smith's running back card. He lost it. If you – he can go talk about the other football, like yesterday at the World Cup announcement. If you watched Tony Pollard last year and thought that he looked anything similar or close to what he was before, you lose your football card. Yeah, I'm, so, I'm sorry that there's somebody on the truckcrack.com fan text who thinks that a thousand yard season is impressive in this day <laughs> yeah. age. So I, like, honestly, think about that. That's if like he, averaging 30 in the NBA. It, it's it's mm, fewer nothing. than 60 yards rushing. It. Like, we just were laughing at Deuce Vaughn and Hunter Lipke having 59 yards combined rushing last year. Okay, if Pollard gets that every game, 59 yards, which we would all complain about, that is a 1,000-yard season. That's what it is now. So, there we Peyton, go. Peyton, below the belt, back, improvement, letdown? Uh, like a 4 out of 10. Yeah. That's all right. Uh, you know what? Maybe tomorrow we can do the drunk drawer. How about that, Peyton? Like uh, you called Ooh. it on Friday. The oh! Drunk drawer. drunk drawer, that's right. Oh, by the way, real, real quick. We'll be doing that Thursday, I bet. One, one second. One 10-second note since it is Super Bowl week. You mentioned a couple weeks ago. I mentioned this off the air to y'all. Scorigami. Uh-huh. How you love that. Yes. That uh, This research note was on Reddit. Three times Scorigami has happened in a Super Bowl. All three times are Broncos losses. So totally irrelevant for this game. Yeah, it has nothing to do with this game. Thank it's you. still hilarious. Awesome. Scorigami. Although, Although, Although San Francisco was involved in one of them. There you go. Thank yeah, you, RJ. In your there face, you Sean. There you go. All right, speaking of Vegas, Choppy has a preview. Odds for the fan host. Oh, yeah. Most likely yeah. superfluous. What are superlatives? Superlatives, yeah. Vegas superlatives, most likely Vegas odds for the fan staff for our trip later on today. Next on Sean and RJ. Hey, everyone. Boomer Esiason here. The NFL draft is behind us, and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app.